Hey, do you want to be like me and make podcasts that everyone loves? Yeah, you do. But chances are, you don't want to spend a bunch of money doing it. No worries. A solution exists. Spotify's got a platform that lets you make podcasts super easy, then distribute those podcasts everywhere, and you can even earn money doing it. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Also, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. I'm speaking from experience when I say that all those additional features like video podcasts, Q&As, polls, those are things you won't find for cheap elsewhere. But with Spotify for Podcasters, it's all totally free no catch. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Thanks. We love you. Everybody, welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo. Pretty Scary Boo. Caitlin, would she have a fucking baby or something? I don't know. She hasn't been around for a while. I'm like slacker. She's changed. She's really changed. It's, it's like, almost... man, we all have babies, okay? It's like she's a mom now. Yeah. Like I have little baby Winter. Yeah. <laughs> I have baby Pinot Grigio. <laughs> <laughs> we all got babies. We all have Caitlin. babies, Caitlin. Jeez. Like you all. No, Caitlin will be back soon. What a cute little baby. She had a little it looks baby. We have just like her husband. Yeah. 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 It's super. I mean, not either way. Either way, it could have went. It would have been cute. <laughs> but it's super. I don't know. I think it's super cute because as soon as she showed me. Did we talk about this last time about her having the baby? I don't. I feel like we did. I, yeah, we probably did. But it's been a while. Like we haven't had an episode up for a while. And the, so, the last one that went up was me and Caitlin, because I think I put them up in different order oh, than what maybe. we recorded them. Yeah. Um, so it seemed like Caitlin had her baby and everything just fell apart. And but, so, but but no, we just scheduling it like it's this time of year is hard for everybody. People are traveling and it's hard to get everyone in a room. So sometimes. in a way, her having the baby during the holidays was convenient for us. Right. Because it allowed us to take a little time off. Correct. And yeah, I mean, I think that's nice. I think that's probably was kind of her aim. Right. In having a kid with when she was to trying not it, to conceive. Correct. Right. Was Correct. to make our holiday season a little less hectic. Yeah. I remember I think it was January. That she was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's scary. Like, everything's so expensive. Like, I don't know if I could afford a baby right now. And here we are. So I think, yeah, I think she planned it right after that conversation. Sure, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So we had this group text. um, We had this group text with Josh Mankwitz. And, like, every once in a while, whatever, he'll throw out some story. And so we're going back and forth. And all of a sudden she goes, oh, by the way, I'm in labor. (laughs) (laughs) And all, like... 
I'm like all I send or like I send like congrats and like a bunch of like drinking emojis. <laughs> <laughs> and Josh is like, congratulations. And then I think like because she had it like the next morning, I want to say Sunday morning at like 6 a.m. So I think later that afternoon, I was like, I don't really know how this works. Like, I don't know what you're doing <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, congratulations. I hope you're doing well. And I mean, she had her phone like she wrote back right away and she goes and all she writes back was two pushes. That's all it took. Like she was, it took her nothing to have this like beautiful child. But of course, my only question is if she shit on the table and she said she did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's my first question. Whenever I think anybody we, has. I think we did talk right. about that part. But we I mean, we want to get that on the podcast twice. Let's as many times as we can before she comes back. Yeah, obviously. And then we'll talk about it when she's here. Yeah. So uh, what are we talking about today? Just in time for Thanksgiving to have been last week by the time this goes up. Thanksgiving murders. We're talking about crimes that happen on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. These are always fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you remember the Christmas one last year, I got violently ill and we didn't make it all the way through. (laughs) We'll revisit that episode. Maybe this Christmas. Maybe. That would be fun. Maybe you can get sick Um, this time. We'll get some of those Trader Joe's jalapeno chocolates. Yeah, I think they had Tabasco in them. They were no, they were they were some kind of pepper. Yeah. Okay. They were bad times. Either I don't do spicy, I'm a gringa. Oh sure. Anyway, sure. um <laughs> yeah, if you want to slide something into one of Angie's delicious baked goods, I'll I'll eat it. Okay, yeah. But well, what if I don't get sick? Like you literally put like cyanide <laughs> in there and I'm like, all right guys, see you later. Like and I just pop up and like just walk makes out. You stronger. <laughs> right. Like your doors are closed and I just walk through them like a Hulk. <laughs> yeah, that would I don't be great. Know. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, so we're doing one for Thanksgiving crimes this time. Yeah. We're, we're a predictable bunch. <laughs> we really Fantastic. are. Well, every time it's around a holiday, you're like, what do you want to do? And I'm always the one who's like, oh, my God, Thanksgiving's in a few days. <laughs> Halloween's in a couple days. Yeah, I'm the I, one who really likes the holiday ones. I can't wait till we've been doing this podcast for a couple years and we're doing like best crimes to happen on President's <laughs> Day. <laughs> Like, that's just a day. That's not even a holiday. It's... Kill Kipper? Yeah. Is it a Yom Kipper? We'll give them all new names. Yom Killer. Yom Killer, yeah. Who's the Yom Killer? <coughs> Yom Killer in Manila? No. <coughs> so, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> how was your Thanksgiving, by the way? We have no idea. It still hasn't happened. Am I supposed to answer? Yeah, I guess we can't. If we're predicting, though, I am going up to Big Sur for the first time. I'm right. I'm writing with my good friend Kate Quigley, who's a comedian, and I love Kate. But Kate loves to talk about boys. Like I haven't oh, really? talked about boys this much with anybody. Like even in sixth grade, I didn't talk about boys this much. And she recently got out of. She dates a lot of like celebrities in the celebrity field, like a lot of athletes, right? Comedians, actors, and so she's going through a breakup with one now. And I'm pretty sure the entire ride. I'll get to hear about it. Oh, yeah. It's probably, yeah. That'll be fun. That'll be so much fun. Happy Thanksgiving to me. Yeah. Mm. I'm, uh, I'm just having Thanksgiving with, uh, Angie's family. Don't jest. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I'm not like, we're not going to Big Sur or anything. But you know what I was thinking? I guess, like, so I decided to put boundaries up with my family and not visit them during the holiday. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going home for Thanksgiving. I'm going for Christmas. And by that, I mean the week prior to Christmas. I don't know. I guess I just felt like, dude, you guys are retired. Like, come to me. Like, I'm so busy. Like, 
I don't really want to travel during the holidays. It just seemed like then I come back and I've probably had a. And uh, LA is so fun during holidays because right? there's no one here. No one's here. It's the best. Yeah. So, no, but I was thinking and I was like, okay, so we're going to go to like Big Sur and like go hiking or whatever. And that sounds fun, but I won't get to have like a Thanksgiving meal. Oh, yeah, that sucks. I mean, I'll see. I know I already checked. They have like a tavern there. So at the cabin, I'm sticking a log cabin. Like I before I said yes, I should have done some research, but I did see that they had a tavern. So I'm assuming they'll have some sort of Thanksgiving dinner. Probably. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, that's hopeful. I'll be at Chet's on Thanksgiving. We're doing Thanksgiving the day before with the with with Angie's family and then. Ribs giving it chats. Interesting. And then we have a live podcast. All of that will have happened by the time this goes up. Yeah. Are you going to be back? Do you want to do it? I won't be back. Yeah. It's on Saturday. No one's going to be here. Yeah. Even if so, I've already told you I I have plans for Chet. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot. You don't (laughs) like Chet anymore. That's my new nemesis. Yeah. Made peace with Jeff May. It's coming around. Yeah. It'll always be someone. But again, I just feel like Chet's got like that... Yeah, he's got that stink to him. Yeah, fastball at yeah. like success. Yeah, you under gotta, his belt, so he's got yeah, he's got a little swagger. Yeah, you got to take him down a peg. I think. Yeah, he, he needs to be taken down a peg. Yeah, you should start threatening to murder him on the podcasts. Like, okay, yeah. How do you think it will be received? Because he's on medication, correct? So, do you mean how will he receive it? Yeah, he will be received. <laughs> it. Yes, he'll be very level about it. <laughs> Won't won't overreact, won't underreact. <laughs> then he's got the right per- perfectly dosage, smooth. It sounds yeah. like perfect. Okay, good. Because Jeff May was always a wild card. He was. He was that one that I was like, he may or may not punch a woman. I don't yeah. know. You never know. You never know. Total wild card that one. Total. All right. Should we should we talk about the first Thanksgiving crime? We should. We've been recording forever, but we're technically only eight minutes into the episode. I love it. Good times. Uh, let's talk about the blunt, the blunt family briefcase bombing. Okay. This happened in 1985. Several members of the blunt family. Uh, it would have been nice if I made note of where this one happened. Like I did with all the other ones because you were I feel like it's Indiana. Tell yeah. Me. No, it's Texas. Yes. No. Texas. And wait, no, that's him. Wait, wait, here's the case. Oh, it is Texas. Sorry. Yeah, it's, yeah, it was in Texas. But it was this family, the Blunt family was just enjoying their Thanksgiving dinner in their trailer. No, I think they had just came home. Well, they had, uh, they were in the trailer that. Oh, that they called home. And at one point, they, the, the mom decide or the, one of the daughters decides to lay down and take a nap. And the rest of the family decides to go to a convenience store to get beer and snacks, which shout out to them for finding an open convenience store on Thanksgiving Day in 1985. Oh, good point with yeah. the timing. Because I yeah. was going to say convenience stores, pretty much everyone's open on holidays now. Right. But this was a different time. That's true. Fair. And oh, and I was wrong. The mom stayed behind to take a nap. And at one point, the mom is while she's napping, she hears a knock on the door. And she goes to look outside to see who it is and doesn't see anyone. So she goes back to bed. And the family arri- the rest of the family arrives back from the convenience store. And they see a suitcase sitting on their front porch. Which, I don't know about you, but that would freak me out. Oh, for sure. What would your first instinct be? I might 
be that airport security person who's like, call the police, have them come get it. I don't want to fucking touch it. Because someone just leaving a suitcase on your porch, that's weird. And these fucking idiot kids (laughs) thought maybe there was money or jewels in it. Yeah, I feel like I'd poke it with like a stick or kick it, but still you don't know. Right. And so the the daughter picks up the suitcase, runs inside, immediate, f- immediately flips it open, and god damn it, it explodes. Kills her, kills the dad, also kills uh, the dad's nephew or her cousin. The dad's brother's son. Yeah. If, if, if you don't, if no one knows how lineage and things work, familial relations. You're regularancestry.com. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I try to, to bring- send your DNA into Adam. <laughs> to our PO box. Don't do that. Please don't do that. So let's crack some cases, Adam. <laughs> so those three are killed, and this case just goes unsolved for a long time because uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess they. Well, it's a weird crime, and when I first read it, I had to read it like two or three times because it almost it sounds like an urban legend. Like I'm taking right. Your word for it that this is true, but it sounds like a fake story. And then when I read through some of the other stories that we're going to go over, it almost made me realize like we should have. Do you remember that game, uh, Two Truths and a Lie? Oh, yeah. That would kind of be like maybe in uh, if we do (laughs) do the holiday one. If we do another Christmas one and I survive it. (laughs) Right. But if we have Two Truths and a Lie and then have everyone do a poll and see which one they think is the lie. And then you can reveal it. But then they, they would be able to Google it. That, I mean, that would be but cheating. We, well, they could in like bar trivia too. Like, let's try the honor system. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I guess I should trust our fans more. Mm. Yeah, it's a good thing you're skeptical because again, you would have called the police instead of opening the suitcase. Right, and uh, looks like I would have been the the one who was right because I would. Asthma, oh, ni- 1985, probably. 85? No, they'd have probably called me a queer and kicked it open <laughs> on the front porch, especially in Texas. Yeah, <laughs> fucking pussy. <laughs> Flip this thing open. We all die. Uh, yeah, you Welcome all to Texas. Died. And so this case went unsolved for a long time. And this is how you know it's not an urban legend, because a man named Michael Roy Tony was eventually arrested for the crime. And the problem is everything about the case against him was based on jailhouse informants who said this guy told them that he committed this crime. Uh, in exchange for them getting reduced prison sentences. And so, but that's how the justice system works. He ended up going to jail anyway. But in, so in 99, he goes to prison. He serves 10 years and is finally exonerated for this crime. He finally gets out of prison September 2nd, 2009, dies in a car accident October 3rd, 2009. 31 fucking days. And here's here's the thing. I wish we had Aphrodite Jones on the phone right now because I want to run this by her because this feels like some Stephen Avery shit where this guy got out of prison. Oh, yeah. After 10 years of being wrongly imprisoned, you know he was about to file a lawsuit and all of a sudden he dies in a car accident. See, you're so conspiracy theory. I thought it was just bad luck. Yeah, and and everyone but like you think maybe somebody like cut the brake lines or I mean, I th- I think the same easier thing easier than lynching him. I think the same thing with it it would be easier than what they did to Stephen Avery 
But I'm still like, I'm still not convinced that Stephen Avery's lawsuit didn't have something to do with what happened to Teresa Halbach. Yeah, I definitely, there's definitely something up there. I think everyone collectively feels some remorse about Brendan and his plight. Like, yeah, I'll be honest, like, even if he did it, and I hope he didn't, but it's just like, you just know, like, this kid's been picked on his whole life. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe he's a king in prison. Like, maybe that's where he's thriving. Could be. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's out now, right? I th- I think that he was not acquitted, but he, he was let, he was going to be let out on a technicality. And then I believe at like the last minute, they kept him in. I can't remember all the details. Oh, wow. I think he's still in prison. Well, then he's guilty. <laughs> Until he's out, he's guilty to me. It's so interesting, too. Like, before DNA, like, do you ever think how many people were wrongfully convicted? Oh, yeah. Spent time and even, like, put in, put to death? Oh, yeah, for sure. John Mulaney's got that great bit about detectives before DNA and how it must have been, like, someone would walk in the room and be like, Detective, there's a pool of the killer's blood in the bedroom. And the detective would go, gross. <laughs> Well, back to my hunch, because that like that. What the fuck did they have to go on? It right. was just uh. Well, first thing, were there black people in the area? Because if so, round them up. Because that's kind of how policing worked back then. It was. And if they couldn't get them to confess, they would, co- you know, just kind of force. They it. would torture them. Yeah, they would yeah. essentially torture them. And that's how crimes got solved back then. Yeah. If there was no black people around, I assume they went. Uh, whatever other minority happened to be in that town, uh, then maybe poor people, and then maybe they'd get to, what if someone actually killed right. this person and we R- can catch them? Right. Yeah. We just need to solve the case so that the hysteria... Right. Is- There's no one we can pin it on, so now we have to solve right. it. Right. Did you... Did I ever talk about that show, Texas DNA? No. Is Texas DNA or Dallas DNA? I don't know if it's still on. I came across it, and then it was so interesting, I ended up spending the whole Saturday <laughs> you in pajamas. Ac- you came across it. <laughs> like DNA. <laughs> Go on. Because I masturbated all over my TV screen. Yeah. Okay. So I happened upon um, <laughs> Dallas DNA or Texas DNA, whatever it's called. I think it's Dallas DNA. Anyway, and so they went back, and if they felt like someone had a strong enough case then they would go back and test the DNA if there still was some in in their f- files. And some people had been in prison for 30 years. And they were like, yeah, you're not the killer. And they would <sighs> overturn their conviction. So some of these, a lot of these people had families, left their children when they were babies, you know, missed all these milestones. This one guy was so sweet. He gets out. And I think the whole thing is you can't sue us. You can't come back after us for, you know, damages or anything like that, but you get your freedom. Uh. So they walk out with, honestly, like, a very limited skill set, no money. So a lot of times, like, the attorneys are like, hey, we stopped by Target and, like, here's some clothes. Yeah. Here's a toothbrush. Do you have a relative's house you can stay at? And this one guy got out. He ended up getting a job and running into his high school girlfriend and they got engaged, like, months later. And it's like, how is he in a relationship before me? (laughs) (laughs) How does how does she work so fast? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, you yeah, it was like me throwing a little bit of shade, but at the same time, genuinely happy for him. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> this guy was obviously murdered by the police after getting out of prison. You think? I still think it could have been a coincidence. Nah, fuck a coincidence. 
Let's talk about the. I just listed this as the randomest murder. Mm -hmm. It happened in Seattle, or actually in Tacoma, which is like uh, Seattle with murder. It's like an hour apart. And I did two shows there, one in Seattle, one in Tacoma, during my tour with Dana in April. Uh They hate each other. (laughs) Like if you mention the other one to each other, they just like boo and hiss and talk shit. So it's easy to get them like on your side. Yeah. You just have to talk shit about the other side. Me and Travis do that Nirvana podcast. Oh, yeah. So we end up talking about Tacoma and Seattle a lot. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it seems pretty ingrained that those two areas, they should go to war. They should. That'd be fun. Civil War II. Yeah, well, just like a little, like a beta test to, before we roll it out nationwide. Should we give them muskets? Like, go old school? <laughs> I don't see why not. <laughs> Got all that wood, just beat each other. I wonder how long it would have, like, how long it would take. Because now it's so easy to kill somebody. Like, a musket, what do you do? Like, you have to put gunpowder in, and then you have to, like, pack it in, and then you shoot. Well, actually, Carrie, uh, I was watching an episode of Pawn Stars the other day. Okay. And they bought a musket. And yeah, they bought this version of a musket. It was like some Civil War thing that you could put any projectile in. Like nails, fucking glass, anything and you wanted to put And that's what you're firing. In. Yeah. Wow. And you just, there was like a little packing thing you put in the bottom. And then you put whatever projectile you wanted in it. And then you put like a little bit of gunpowder in it or something like that. And when you fire it, it like makes this big plume of fire and then just shoots fucking <laughs> I guarantee I would be the one person who would get like the broken glass shot. <laughs> like I'd still be alive, but my face would be torn to shreds. <laughs> yeah. And then like everyone in the town would make fun of me. I don't know. What would my face be? Or what would my, my nickname be? I mean, glass face. <laughs> Shredded glass face. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, we can Cla- work on it. Classy, glassy. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's yeah let's, let's let that one simmer. Yeah, let's we'll put it on the parking lot. <laughs> we'll parking lot that one. So yeah, this happened in 2002 on Thanksgiving, and uh, it was shortly after 10 p.m. Which right there, I feel like that had something to do with it. It's 10 p.m. and there's 25 people in your house. They were probably being loud, and there was some piece of shit neighbor who takes exception to that because some you know some fucking Clint Eastwood type who was. Like the foreigners are fucking having a party again. I'm going. I'm <laughs> just going to my logical conspiratorial and/or everyone's racist place. So. Right. Where, but yeah, I would just be like, call the cops or. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah get I'm on not, the porch and shake your fist. I'm certainly not condoning what this person did. Poop in a bag, which we could have had Caitlin do right after birth. Right. Light it on fire. Right. Put it on someone's porch. That would have been Ring smart. The that would have been that would have been smart. Joke's of us. on them. Yeah, joke is on them. <laughs> what you don't do is fire indiscriminately through their window, which is what happened in this case. These uh, this family, or these people. It wasn't just one family. There were so many people there, and uh, yeah, through closed curtains. So this person couldn't even see who they were shooting at or who they might be hitting. A person just started firing through the window. And injured a bunch of people, but also killed 19-year-old Kimberly Riley and a five-year-old boy named Jeremy Britt Bayinthavong. Right? I nailed that last name. I mean, I love that you're like, and a five-year-old boy. But, like, honestly, it's it's sad. Like, you're just, like, 
for both of them, for any yeah. of the victims. Like, yeah, it's sad that it's like a boy, but like it sucks for that 19 year old girl, too, who's like probably getting ready to go to college or. Yeah. And the 19 year old girl was just there because her brother was a friend of that family and she happened to be in town. So he was like, hey, well, I'm going to my friend's family's thing. Why don't you just come with me? And she gets fucking randomly shot yeah. through the fucking window. In the five-year-old kid, it was his grandfather's house. Well, he had no excuse. Like, he had to be there. Yeah, yeah. So his that one's more excusable. But her, tragic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, now when we think about it, right, five-year-old right. kind of had it coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the 19-year-old, sad. You know, what kind of, you know what kind of shooters <laughs> grandpa tracks, kid? <laughs> Steer clear. You don't want to you catch should one. know by now. You don't stand by the windows. Yeah. There was, I don't remember what true crime show it was or what the crime was, but there was this episode where this guy got, it was a home invasion and these people kicked in the door of this apartment and shot this guy. He was in like a motorcycle gang and it was like a drug robbery, but there was also a girl there who was just like literally having a one night stand and just got shot in the face. Imagine waking up to that. Yeah. Oh, that would that that would be horrifying. I just wanted to. It's Thanksgiving. I want to put that. <laughs> no, totally. I want I want people to be thankful that they've never had a one night stand that ended with them getting shot in the face. Yeah, that'd be a bad way, especially if like this like the sex wasn't good and it's kind of like, oh yeah. god, like it only lasted like three minutes and you know we yeah. forgot to wear a yeah. condom. And, like hopefully I'm not pregnant or you know have chlamydia. And I don't want to be so judgmental. Would you rather pull? If you get, <laughs> would you rather after one night stand get shot in the face, pregnancy, or chlamydia? <laughs> Everybody vote now. Uh, yeah, chlamydia, shot in the face, pregnancy. Oh, you're gonna rate them? <laughs> I oh, I didn't know. <laughs> I thought it was in like order a, of which ones you would most. I thought have. it was like a marry, fuck, kill kind of thing. <laughs> I just wanted hey, your preference. Marry chlamydia. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Well, yeah, I guess you could fuck them all. <laughs> Fuck them I'm gonna all. kill shot in the face. <laughs> so uh yeah, this there's there's not much to this uh actual crime. They've never solved it. Uh the some witnesses saw a dark haired individual wearing a puffy jacket fleeing the scene in a dark brown nineteen seventies truck with a white canopy. But no arrests were made and no motive for the crime was ever identified. Again, I know these are true stories, but it it just sounds like an urban legend. Like it just kind of ends so abruptly. You yeah, I think with like you know DNA and I don't know cold case files and everything. Like, yeah, there's it's, no updates. It's interesting how many when I was researching this, how many unsolved Thanksgiving crimes there are. Some of them just weren't that yeah. interesting or didn't have a lot of detail. But if you go out and Google it, there's a bunch of unsolved weird shit that happened. Like there's. One really famous, well, I guess not famous, but it happened in the 1900s somewhere, I think, upstate New York, where this guy, he got a threatening letter a few months earlier, and his wife said he tore it up and ignored it. And then one day, a guy just showed up, and they were seen walking into the woods together. And then he was found buried in those woods a few months later with the top of his head chopped off. Dude, that's crazy. And they never, that was like early 1900s, and they never solved that. There's a lot of unsolved shit on Thanksgiving. That's crazy. Not that this is a holiday, but it would be interesting to do an unsolved murders like after Katrina happened. 
Oh yeah. What was that? April. Yeah, it was April, but it 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 kind of yeah yeah a, a, an article about crime after Katrina in general. Yeah, would be interesting because what like people underestimate how violent a city oh, New Orleans a hundred percent is and was before Katrina. Right, and what Katrina and not just New Orleans? I mean, it devastated a lot of areas, but right. the whole Louisiana Mississippi area, right? Yeah, specifically New Orleans and. It's not a thing I think a lot of white podcast hosts would be comfortable saying, but here we go. Okay. Katrina, it, it, I mean, That's and there's, unpopular there's, opinion. there's a ton of articles about it, but it did disperse a criminal element to a lot of areas. And in some cases, it was areas like Houston where they already had crime right. and, you know, they, they knew how that works, but they didn't have New Orleans criminals. And in New Orleans, it was a whole, like, if you look into New Orleans, their prison system is insane. Their turnover rate on murders is really bad because no one, no one cooperates with the police. So in New Orleans, it's pretty common for someone to commit murder, get arrested for that murder, and then just the police have to let them go because no one ever comes forward to testify. The police right. know who did it, but if no one's ever going to testify, they can't. Hold that person Unless they forever. Had, like, DNA. Yeah, I was reading some article afterwards, and they were interviewing different, you know, people about the crimes that were happening, and they're talking about like lootings and stuff. And this one woman said, um, you know, they didn't have electricity, and I think like you know, there's still a bunch of water, um, for lack of a better word. And she was on her rooftop. Um, wait, no, I feel like I'm going to be telling the story wrong. Anyway, wherever she was, it was dark, and that like she got raped. Oh, and shit. She, yeah, where it's kind of like, I mean, what do you do? Yeah. Well, this um, this next season of American Crime Story, which is the Ryan Murphy, like there was the O.J. Simpson yeah. TV series. Mm -hmm. That's uh, a running thing. And the next season of that was supposed to be about the Superdome after Hurricane Katrina and yeah, what? what happened in that Superdome. And they ended up changing it to be about... The assassination of John Johnny Versace, which I think can you assassinate? It does not like I think he was just murdered. But Yeah, he was, but I think they were trying to say that the murderer used that to his advantage, the fact that the cops would be Oh yeah. You know, or the world would be focused on something else. Yeah. I feel like people like like you really don't hear about this kind of like murder and mayhem and rape and whatnot after like tsunamis and earthquakes and stuff. Like, what is it about hurricanes that makes, like... Yeah, I don't know. Brings out, like, the worst in people. Well, the the thing also, we don't get tsunamis here. Like, we don't know... Like, they, we get them here, but we haven't had, like, a major tsunami in the United States. We don't really know how people would react after a tsunami, but... Or, like, an earthquake or, like, in the Midwest or tornadoes, like... Yeah. People weren't... I don't know. Yeah. I th I think part of what happened with Hurricane Katrina was the the response and people were just kind of left there to fend for themselves yeah. and like a Lord of the Flies. Yeah, and I mean that's gonna that's always gonna breed a a sense of unrest. Like right. in in a disaster scenario like that, you need someone to go in and kind of like and we have a government agency that's supposed to do that, and they just fucking didn't. Yeah, and I think that's probably what caused a lot of it it's the same thing with when you watch any documentary about the la riots 
and it's like, oh my god, people were just lo- like, how are how like how did that happen? It's because the police. When that riot started, just sat there and let it fucking start. Yeah, it's sad, too, because, like, with convenience store chains, like, you know, I work in that industry, and some of the owners who've been around for 40 years were like, yeah, we slept in our offices, like, on cots or in sleeping bags, because if they came in, like, we had guns, like, we were going to try to protect what was ours. So, yes, they were upset, and I understand, and they were trying to voice their frustration, but it's like... You're devastating small business owners. I think they kind of alluded to it a little bit in that movie Crash. Yeah, it it comes. There have been a lot of documentaries about the L.A. riots lately because it's the 25th anniversary. And uh, yeah, the the footage of because there was that first wave of riots where it happened mostly in South Central. But as it started spreading toward Koreatown, eventually the those store owners started fighting back right and because a lot of them were immigrants yeah and the thing people underestimate all they have people the thing people underestimate about immigrants too like korea has compulsory military service i don't know if they did at the time but probably and like it's the same thing that happened with ms-13 which is a gang that formed in los angeles solely to protect salvadoran immigrants from existing gangs in la Mm -hmm. but they were also people who fled here after being soldiers in the Salvadoran Civil War. So they were really good at fighting with guns. Right. So eventually when they were like, well, if we're going to do this fighting, we're just going to do the crime also. And people underestimate that about immigrants. Like, you don't necessarily want you. You don't want to get in a fucking gun confrontation with people who've been to war. And I feel like if you're going to come here and like leave your family or whatever, like, this might be your last, you know, straw, you yeah. know, you're kind of at the end of your rope. Like maybe you came from something that was so awful and then you feel like that's going to be taken here. And, you know, it's like the yeah. last thing you have. You're going to fight for it. Yeah. And if you yeah, if you watch some of those documentaries, some of that footage of the store owners, it's like that person knows how to use that fucking gun. Yeah. Like you can just tell the way they're positioned. Or the way they fan out when shooting starts. It's like, that's military training. Right. And be careful. Do you remember years ago when we were going to have that tsunami here? I kind of. God, it was like Japan had had the big one. Right. And then I guess we were getting some like aftershocks of that. And I remember my mom kept calling me like every hour on the hour like waking me up in the middle of the night and she's like, it's getting closer. Are you watching the news? (laughs) And I was like, no, like I just fell asleep from the last time you called me. So finally it's like six in the morning and she goes, I don't have a good feeling about this, Carrie. And she goes, I think it's going to hit around seven, which seems very precise. (laughs) And uh, she was like, you should head for higher ground. So I don't know if she just watched like Deep Impact or something. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm in Long Beach. Like it's pretty flat. We're by the wall. Like I don't know where to go. And so I literally was like, oh my God, I don't have any time. Like I've had barely any sleep. So <laughs> I grab like some clothes and my makeup and like just like left everything. Just like, oh, well, like, yeah, I guess it's going to be underwater when I get back. And I remember going to my car and all these cars were parked because no one's out. Like no one knows there's a tsunami <laughs> coming. I'm running and I've got like flannel snowflake pajamas on. And I remember thinking like these suckers are all going to die. And so I started driving and I was like, I don't even know where I'm going. <laughs> I don't know where higher ground is. But I was hungry. So I went to an Einstein bagel. <laughs> 
everyone and everyone, like the people that were there were like in suits getting ready for work and I go to the bathroom. I look like that mugshot of Nick Nolte. <laughs> but in like snowflake flannel pajamas. Oh God, good times. <laughs> really, really good times. Yeah, I, th- I, I remember I lived in Santa Monica when that happened. So I was like, if a fucking tsunami hops that cliff, it deserves to get me. Yeah, and I mean, I think there's some stuff like in Orange County, Seal Beach area, where they're like, oh, they showed it. Like, the boats that were like by the docks were like kind of hitting the docks. And they're like, <laughs> yep, we've got some damage. And they show like one fallen tree. <laughs> That's our yeah. tsunami, folks. So let's talk about the, the uh, another case. This one's weird. Uh, I just I just labeled it bull. Well, bull. Good. You should. On Thanksgiving night in 1990, 1989, a party broke out in Miramar, Florida. And I only wrote it that way because the article we used for a source for this one wrote it that way. A party broke out funny. in Miramar, Florida. I love that when I'm walking down the street and all of a sudden a party breaks out. <laughs> just breaks out. You're just there. Like if it's I like, have a bag of groceries, I just throw it into the wind <laughs> and I go into the party. Just throw it into the kitchen and it turns into a meal. A meal broke out too. Great. So someone at the party uh, was filming and they caught a man on camera uh, who, upon seeing himself filmed, flipped off the camera and all we know about that man is his street name is Bull. He was a Jamaican dude, so I guess we know that. He was on camera. Uh, and that's all we know. His name's Bull. At one point, Angelita Gauntlet and her boyfriend, Courtney Lindsay, left the party. And for reasons still unknown, Bull followed them, started shooting, and did not stop until he was out of bullets. And this was after they got in their car. So he basically got in his car, followed them, and started shooting. Which so he was a man kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like was he driving with it? Like I hope. So. Oh yeah, I hope window. so. I hope yeah, so. Shooting because That's he badass. like he ran out of bullets, but he did end up killing them both, and then just vanished into the night. And this was 1989. To this day, no one knows who Bull really was or why he wanted to kill these people. Which again, that's the worst kind of murder because it's it when you don't feels have a motive. yeah. But in this case, they kind of do because uh, Bull, as it turns out, was from Jamaica, and Courtney Lindsay, one of the victims, used to be a cop in Jamaica, and Bull is a drug trafficker or was a drug trafficker in Jamaica, so that seems like that's probably it. This guy probably was like some. Either dirty cop in Jamaica or a good cop in Jamaica, and either way, arrested this dude. And this dude, like Jamaica, if it weren't for the water, you could drive to Florida from there. And it wouldn't be that unusual that these two would just end up in the same room. Oh, 100%. Somewhere I, in Florida. I think they're connected. I mean, I don't think you follow somebody in a car. Right. Yeah, unless you have the intent. I mean, it's not like a random, like, oh, somebody, like, bumped into me or whatever. Like, it was, like, he uh, he probably showed up at this party with the intention. He obviously is camera shy. Right, yeah, sure. Hence, sure. he flipped off the camera. Again, this is, like, I think the third story that we've covered where it's, like, it almost feels like an urban legend. Like, it's, like, these crazy stories. Yeah. And then it's just, like, the people disappear, and they don't know who the killer was. I mean, yeah, where's Bull now? 
Yeah, the the police. I I think I read in this that they they have a hundred thousand dollar reward out for information leading to the arrest of Bull. What if it's Bull from Night Court? Could be Bull Shannon. Yeah. Does anybody anybody him out? anybody? Uh, <clears throat> what about fancy glassy? <laughs> fancy gla- classy glassy classy glassy. <laughs> Gassy glassy? I like that too. <laughs> like why not just add insult to injury? <laughs> She's gross and ugly. Let's talk about Shane Montgomery. This is interesting in that we did did me and you do the Halloween crimes one? Yeah. And there was a murder on there where at first they thought it was an accidental drowning, and then some homeless man came forward and was like, No, I saw people throw that man off a bridge and same thing here. Wasn't that guy in a costume, though? Yeah, that guy was in a costume. And they found, like, a balloon with, like, a smiley face or something. Like, there'd always be, like, a plastic bag or a balloon or something with a smiley well, face near the victim, they, right? they think once they changed his classification to homicide, that's when people assumed that he was one of the uh, possibly up to 40 people who have been killed by the smiley face killer, which is a fascinating story. It's these crimes that have been happening mostly in the Midwest, but they branched out to like 17 different states. And it's mostly white college males who are, in most cases, have left bars. And in a lot of cases, they were thrown out of the bar. I feel like it was like a nerd. You know, it was somebody who like tried to like pledge a fraternity and didn't make it in. And Well, we need to, we need to do a really in-depth episode of about it because there are people have looked into it and like there's this one specific truck driver that people think it might be i've heard uh, yeah i have heard that one yeah as, as far as a possible suspect but yeah it's it, it's it's fascinating and people like the fbi the police have never said that this is a serial killer but also this shane montgomery guy he went missing in like two days later the fbi showed up yeah which for a uh, just a college age dude who just goes missing for a couple days. The FBI is not swooping into town for nothing yeah. when that happens, which leads me to believe maybe they just don't want the word to get out that there is someone killing people like this, but it could be because yeah. Why would they think it was like a, a federal crime? Right. So, so who knows? But Shane Montgomery was the same thing. Except his happened on Thanksgiving instead of Halloween. Another interesting one. I saw this one. Still wearing a costume. Weird, right? (laughs) Crazy. Austin Powers. Weird choice for Thanksgiving. He didn't dress like a turkey after a turkey (laughs) trot. He was a turkey on Halloween. Another interesting one. There was like this one true crime show that I where like in Tijuana, at least back in the day when people used to go over there and party from like San Diego State or whatever. And then they would get drunk and then they would come back across the border and then, like, I guess Mexican people who are, like, into voodoo and witchcraft oh, would, like, yeah. steal them and then, like, sodomize them and, like, drink their blood and kill them and, like, behead them. And yeah, it was, like, I a rem- whole thing. I remember hearing something about that. Sodomize, <clears throat> drink blood, beheading. Fuck, marry, kill. Welcome or to Tijuana. What, or which one would you prefer <laughs> to happen to you? Uh, I want the blood drank right away. <laughs> I want to see that. That would be, because that would feel kind of like, what a way to die. Like, oh, I'm feeding someone. This is good. Doing doing good. Doing good with my death. Yeah, I guess I'd pick that one. But if I could be sodomized and still live, I think I'm going to go. But. Oh, sure. Yeah. 
I guess when you put it that way. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. Um, so, yeah, this there there's not much to... I don't know if they've even called Shane Montgomery's uh, death a murder yet, but it's got all of the characteristics of the smiley face killer, which, God, I want that. I, I, I want that story to come out and be a thing. I mean, I've heard whispers of it here and there, and again, for somebody... For the FBI to think that somebody committed 40, I mean, that's huge. Like, oh, yeah. it does seem weird that we haven't heard more about it. Like, he's not, like, one of, like, you know, the big five of serial killers. Right. <clears throat> There's not. Well, they've never publicly acknowledged that he exists or that they exist. Because people don't even, or, yeah. like, there's people that think maybe it's a group of people that's doing it. Or that yeah. there's copycats. Yeah. So I was going to say with the Zodiac, they didn't know who it was. But at the same time, he always ha- left a telltale. Yeah. You know, he wrote, I guess he wrote letters for one, but, um, you know, he, I guess, had a telltale what he like drew like symbols or whatever on their car. Yeah. And then he just started firing off letters and shit and And shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking lame. (laughs) Writing letters. Whatever. Get out of here. Get clear. Whatever glasses. (laughs) Go write more letters. Uh, Trapper keeper. So let's talk about Janet Yeary. This is, again, this is another mostly unsolved crime. Uh, she, her death was most likely connected to the deaths of two other people. The first was Robert Rowe, who was killed in Center, Indiana on July 12th, 2004. He was beaten so severely, he had to have a closed casket funeral. And Janet Yeary was the next person killed out of the the three people they think are related and what they think happened to her is that she just let someone into her home like to use the phone or something and then that person murdered her and where it gets weird is police have a theory that the person who got in her home and killed her was a man named danny case and they've never really said why but their theory is that he was dropped off in her neighborhood the night before thanksgiving and was hoping to find either a ride home or someone to kill. Again, so I just feel like the details are so sparse. Like, yeah, how do they know he was dropped off? Like, who dropped him off? Like, yeah, I really get this. And it's uh, we'll we'll probably never know because he was arrested in January 2005 uh, at an airport in Indianapolis. And then immediately committed suicide in an airport holding cell. That seems like you're guilty, right? It's or you're wanted for something. Guilty of something. Because yeah. it did seem like he was definitely... Like, he already had warrants and things. So he seemed like he was probably a criminal of some sort and had done something and felt it was worth killing himself. Right. And because of that, I think because he, he killed himself, the, the police just assumed they had the right guy. But then there was a a month after Danny Case died, there was another murder. A woman named Teresa Cooper was killed, and she was killed in the exact same way that Janet Erie and uh, Robert Rowe were killed. They were all beaten to death, and I think in all three cases they were sexually assaulted and robbed. Uh, So then now this guy who just committed suicide that police thought did it He's dead, and now someone else has committed a crime pretty much in the same manner that that they thought uh, he was committing crimes. 
And they have a suspect in that case. His name's Nathan Dodson. He was a friend of Teresa Cooper's son. He lived in close proximity to all of the victims. And he had also served decades in prison for raping and assaulting a woman uh, years earlier. And despite all that, crime remains unsolved. Why can't they solve Thanksgiving crime? It's like fucking rap murders. Well, especially the ones that are kind of current, like 2005, like DNA was a thing. Like really there's no DNA, like even fingerprints or anything like at any of these sites. I think that's interesting. Um, I did watch a case the other night where uh, they're talking about if they can't find, if the police can't find DNA like in um, CODIS, Uh then in this one case, they went through familial DNA which they got by serving Ancestry.com, like a warrant. Oh, wow. Right? And so it was like there's some probability that this guy did it. And I guess it just so happens his job was he was a, like a filmmaker and made murder movies, horror movies. Oh, shit. One was called like Murderabilia, I think. Um <laughs> And he was like, the next thing I know, they're like, it's you or somebody in your family, but you fit the description. He goes, I was a suspect in a murder. He goes, and finally, you know, I guess they found out like it wasn't him. I can't remember all the details, but he goes, it took a while to shake that, you know, because I guess his dad um, had like participated in some genealogy study or something. So Ancestry.com had it. They were served a warrant. And then they went after this guy. He was like, you know what it's like to be like suspected of a murder and you know nothing. But the crazy thing is because he is a filmmaker. So then the guy who they put in there, they thought was wrongfully convicted. Even the mom thought he was. There's no DNA or anything. It was like basically one of those where the police like a false confession. Yeah. Yeah. Got a 30 year sentence. He was probably 20 when he went on in. They, I guess, were able to rule him out through DNA got him exonerated the guy made a documentary about it they got the guy exonerated and like now the documentarian became good friends with the murdered girl's mom and is trying to use like his filmmaking you know to bring light to this and make a documentary and help find the killer i mean it's interesting because even though it's a really shitty circumstance he was like i could have walked away and just been like dude that was a shitty you know that was crap what happened to me but now I can use, like, I make films. Right. Like, it's good for them. It's good for me. Like, yeah. you know, maybe yeah, I can crazy. do something with it. I don't know. That's some shit, though. But I guess since then, Ancestry.com, because I'd never thought about that. They, I guess they say now that they've made all of their records private and that they won't, whatever they've put in place, they can't get subpoenaed now. Because it's true. Good. Yeah. What if you want to know, like, what your heritage is and then yeah. some murder gets pinned on you? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I've always been kind of hesitant to just ship my DNA off. Now you to someone that's like I mean, it, like I wouldn't write my social security number down. Oh yeah, hundred percent, and just mail it to someone. And that's like your DNA. That's worse. That's like, and you can't get it back. Like I can't tell you. At some point, somebody got my social security number, and I still find on my credit report Cox Cable in Las Vegas. Like I get at least two closed accounts. And I don't know why they keep opening them up, but yeah. it's all with my information. I have called them so many. So to be the victim, I right. call so many times to get a fraudulent report activated. I mean, you just you get the run around. I never get it expunged. And so it's like my credit suffers, but I'm like, I don't know how to stop it. Right. It just right. keeps happening. And anyway, so I'm just saying I understand with you saying like, what if your DNA is just out there? Like you don't yeah. know what people are going to do with it. 
Stop sending your DNA to people. Except for you can send it to us. Uh, what's the address, Alden? Uh, P.O. Box? It's... Uh, on Pops? Uh, Danielle Soto. <laughs> uh, what's your address? 414. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys figure out the rest. And if you show up at our doorstep, I will feel like you deserve it, and I will let you in. Yeah, yeah. And we'll party. So let's talk about Karen Mitchell. This is the last story and I saved this for last because how cool is this? Maybe murdered by Robert Durst. Maybe, but I feel like that's kind of a wild card. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, it doesn't seem like. They they did see that documentary and were like, oh, maybe he killed her too. Because... Well, they said there might be a link. Because when I first started reading the notes, I was like, wait, he only went after people he knew that he was trying to exact revenge upon. Right. But then it sounds like there might have been a link. Right. He uh, it, it comes up in the jinx that at one point Robert Durst lived in a town called Trinidad, California. They mention uh, that he picked his car up from there and drove it to L.A. Uh, right before he maybe killed Susan Berman. But after that documentary aired, police started looking into whether he was connected to the Thanksgiving 1997 disappearance of Karen Mitchell. She disappeared while walking to work. And no real leads in the case ever really emerged. Uh, But a writer named Matt Birkbeck, in his book, A Deadly Secret, attempted to connect Durst and Mitchell. He says there are credit card records putting Durst in Eureka the day Mitchell disappeared, which is very close to where people believe she went missing from. And it's also believed that Mitchell volunteered at a homeless shelter that Durst may have frequented. And I thought that could have been the link. And uh, most importantly, he resembles a composite sketch provided to police after Mitchell disappeared. The sketch was drawn based on the account of a man who claimed to see a man forcing a girl matching Karen's description into a car. But again, never solved. Just a theory. Just a theory could be Robert Durst, but that's one where they have literally nothing else to go on. So speculation. All these are speculative. And based on Robert Durst's track record, I feel like their chances of pinning that on him are slim to none. I feel like he wouldn't be strong enough to force anyone into anything. (laughs) He's like a wee little man. Yeah, he seems like a very frail man. I can't picture him forcing. And this girl was like she wasn't. Old, but she also wasn't that young. She was, you know, old enough to be working a job and shit. The last Thanksgiving murder that I would like to bring up is the murder of Chet Wilde, unsolved murder of David Cassidy. Oh yeah, yeah. Who unsolved killed, to this day. Who killed David Cassidy? Yeah. So let us know if you have any hunches. Tweet at us. Tell <laughs> us who you think. With the hashtag? No, maybe no David Cassidy hashtag. No, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Ask David yeah. Cassidy if you can borrow his copy of The Iron Giant. <laughs> He's not using it. He's he's not. <laughs> no. Could be in his will. He's using it in heaven now, Carrie. I know. Or hell. What do I know? I don't know what kind of life David Cassidy lived. R.I.P. David Cassidy. Another unsolved Thanksgiving homicide. Yep. So sad. So sad. So sad. Want to get out of here? Yeah. I mean, I feel like we really ended on a down <laughs> note. But, uh, I mean, it was such an upper episode. Yeah. Up, up to that point, we were really cooking <laughs> with Crisco, I think. With Chris, yeah, cooking with Crisco. That's what I said. Classy, glassy out. That's what the kids say. Uh, what do we do? We have anything to plug before we get out of here? I got nothing. 
Yeah. I mean, I got it's almost nothing in the near future, distant future. It's almost the end of the year. We don't we don't have shit going on. I well, you can come to the darkest hour, December eighth, something like that. Yeah, second, that sounds fun. Second Friday of every month. Go to that month. unless Chet Wilde is involved. It, right? Yeah. 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 That and then I'd say stay we gotta far get that away. we gotta get that campaign going. Jeff will be <laughs> Jeff will be pleased to know that you've moved on and uh, I felt like it was time. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. It feels right. It will we'll all be the best for it. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Carrie, say goodbye. Goodbye, Boo. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Oh, my God.